nice things. Hello, good evening and welcome to another fun-packed, thrill-filled edition of Nice Things. Nice Things. The antidote to modern living. And joining me, Sir Michael Livesley, this week we have... I declare before you all that I am Paul Carmichael. I've been watching the Jubilee just like you have, Michael. Good evening, everybody. Oh, the Jubilee was weeks ago, mate. Well, you, yes, but we haven't actually recorded nice things for a couple of weeks. because we've, we've been... talked about the Jubilee. Have we? Oh, I. I yes. think we talked about the fact that we were, it was coming up to the Jubilee oh, and that no, led did to... It. Did we? Yes, because we, we talked about Jeanette Charles and how uh, the Queen, people were saying she weren't really there. That's right, we did. But, uh, I mean, weirdly enough, we also talked about Prince uh, Philip coming back as a disease to kill exactly. everybody. And, I, and I've got a cough. Well, so it's vape, mate. It Tell could me. well be. We've been talking about that, haven't we, about yeah. these? Yes. I've got a patch on because uh, vapes aren't a patch on cigarettes. So <laughs> okay. I've got a patch on me. Patches, I'm depending on your son. Do you not know that song? Not in the least, no. Uh, I think it's The Temptations anyway. Okay. Um, uh, you probably regard that as common music. Uh, I prefer a bit of John Denver. Mm, yes, I think that that's another sort of uh, delineation between the... Uh, the sort of rough, tough northerners who, yeah. who have this affinity with Motown and uh, and soul music, yes. people shouting. Yeah, it's weird that it's weird how how much it's sort of like because my uncle who was a miner, you know, it's mm. it's sort of like you know these guys you couldn't get two words out of them generally, and then on a Saturday night he'd be like, uh, you, you know, he'd be upstairs getting ready, and there'd be like the smell of cologne and and stuff like that, and and you'd hear it coming downstairs. I'll, he'd be singing, bellowing mm. Motown songs, but only oh. bits of them and all wrong. You can beg, plead, do the symphony. There's that sort of club singer thing, isn't it? Yes, it is yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and, and I used to love going to the Bold Miners Social Club, uh, oh. which still stands in uh, Parr, uh, in St. Helens, where Catherine Parr's family were from. So there you go. There used to be a pub there, the Cherry Tree, and it used to have beautiful stained, it's now flats. I don't know what they've done with these doors, but the doors used to have beautiful sort of stained glass depictions of, of the Parr family. You know, oh, wow. with Catherine Parr on one. Oh, it was a great old boozer, the cherry mm. tree. Um, mm. I remember you'd go in there and about four o'clock in the afternoon, some blokes would come in, nefarious, of course, and they'd push a load of tables together. The word would go up. Everyone would be ready. The word would go up. Duk, duk, duk. They'd push a load of tables through in snug. And then the table would just be completely covered in everything they'd stolen from the shops all day. And people would be buying the, like, like razor blades and big lumps of beef and all this other stuff. Yes. <laughs> right. This was sounding rather enjoyable until that last little bit there. And then it suddenly turns out that you're on the set of Crime Watch. It was. Honestly, I know these guys used to turn up in a big van every day. And they'd gone and what they called they'd been grafting. It's ah, right. See, here's the strange thing, though, what? because obviously with that, I, you know, I, I think that you should do the decent thing and give me their names and addresses and we can report them. However, well, the good thing is you hold that thought. The good thing is because they're all of common northern stock and this was 20 years ago, they're all dead. Good point. So now they are free from the reaches of the law. That's very true. However, obviously that is terrible behaviour. And yet when I'm just in the local up the hill and near the forest. Yes. A little chap who comes in occasionally and sort of, you know, do you want anything? And he's, he's done a little bit of poaching. Right. I approve. Well, there you go then. 
There you go. You see, you've got your own. I've just remembered I didn't start the audio recorder going, so uh, that's all right. Because this record is this recorder, all right? Um, yeah, I was excited. I was excited, John. Um, um, yeah. Well, you see, have there you started you it now? Have, have you started, started yours it now? Right. Yes, okay. Yes, cool. Yes, yes, yes. We'll okay. start again. They've missed nothing. Um, <laughs> apart from. Uh, me, no doubt, being an accessory after the fact. Mm. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't buy anything because I never had any money and it was all like, I'd prefer to give the man behind the ramp money and he gives me intoxicating liquid, you see. I'd rather ah. give him the money than men. No, um, yes. I was a vegetarian at the time and didn't shave. So none of it was of any um, use to me. Razor so it was just dead me. animal carcasses and shaving foam, essentially. No, no, the blades, because the blades are dead deer, aren't they? What, razor blades? Yeah. You know, if you get, uh, what's them posh razors called? Like, are you Gilles. ready to get closer? Da, 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 da. You remember the advert where she sings and a woman rubs his chin and she's made up that he's, well, he's not going to give Wasn't that just Gillette number five? Rash. Sorry, what? Wasn't that just Gillette number five? Something like that. But la- ladies, the stubble irritates ladies if one is getting intimate with a lady so uh you know so she's not going to get a fanny rash so she's like rubbing his chin and she's made up that stuff costs consideration costs i think is the is the is the underpinning notion of this the but underpinning anyway, of the undercarriage mac well, two. No, no, no. Mac yes. two. that's what mm. they're called isn't it oh that's right yeah which was uh, i think meant to inspire thoughts of concord wasn't it but that's right didn't that's right for some reason didn't but inspired no. men to go out and steal Exactly. You know, you but can't yeah. go on Concord because you're not David Frost, but you can break into somebody's house and steal beef. And your wife's undercarriage will, will remain be free. Rash free. Rash free. So you see, it's sort of community service. But um, oh, for at least my mind in that case, I rather approve now. That's rather nice. There you go. You see, you see, mm. that's what they were doing. They were helping the poor uh, remain stubble free. But ah. those blades back then were like eight quid a packet for like a couple. Were they? Yeah, they were dead deer. They God. were dead deer. So, anyway. I remember VHS now. tapes when I first started getting those. I mean, if I didn't go to Richer Sounds and buy the ones made by Kanachi for yeah. 99p each, or I think you got Yakushima. five or four quid. That's it. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. If you wanted a decent Scotch videotape, which oh, I did. Oh, yes. You're yes. talking about nine quid a time. Well, the... The, where I grew up, the village video shop used to sell blank tapes. That was our only outlet. And they used mm. to have, uh, I think the one in the black box, the regular scotch, weren't mm. they just called E-180s? They were E-180s, And yeah. then you had the HG-180. That's right, yeah. In a silver box. And then That's you had it. the EXG-180 or something like that, or EHG. Something like that. And that was they a gold did, box. Yeah, but they all did pretty much the same job. I mean, my scotch tapes that I still have, not many now, but though, I've got a few. they're still in decent nick, which surprises me. Yeah, 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 scotch. Whereas the Kanachi tapes seem to have turned into some sort of mulch. Mm, yes. Mm. Well, I mean, as my old uh, video production tutor used to say to me, you are literally recording onto rust. So it's just oxidised metal, isn't it, on an mm. adhesive strip, and that's what it works at. So, you know, scotch made better rust, no doubt. Mm. Yeah. I approve of that. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. But I have got the, the gold tape is all I could get one Wednesday when they repeated Carry On England. Right. So I had a pristine copy of Carry On England. Lovely. Dreadful oh. film, though. Windsor Davis, though. He's purple throughout. It's worth <sighs> that for that purple Welsh head. 
That is prime Windsor Davis, isn't it? Because you used to get maybe one or two purples an episode of It Ain't Half Hot in that film. And you can barely see his eyes because of the cap. You've just got this purple purple expanse screaming. Oh. Oh, so it's just beginning to end him shouting. I love that. Um, where there's isn't it manure or something all over the the floor of the wherever the, the soldiers yeah, sleep. The, and Kenneth the, Connor, the, the, the hut, yeah, yeah, the, the hut, thingy hut, yeah. And it's the only gag in it where Kenneth Connor flicks his stick <coughs> and gets a splot of it in his face, and he says, "Polish it everywhere." <laughs> and that's the only gag in the whole film. And then there's who was that? Big-breasted girl who was who was sort of famous around that time. She ended up in Fools and Horses years later. She was really stupid in the way she acted. That she she acted damn. Anyway, she's on one of them guns, and as she's turning the handle, it's hitting her bazooms, and it's like mm. um, de, uh, um, like hang hang like a knot, and you're like, ah, oh. it's a terrible film. Carry that's on, England. not though, is it? I think that's yes, <laughs> no. it is. No, I I disagree. I think that's ex- if if I've got an hour and a half now, I can either sit down and watch, I don't know, some wonderful film, uh, so, you know, or I can watch Windsor Davis shouting and a girl with big boobs with honking noises, honking noises, and Patrick Mower. Patrick Mower, wonderful I loved him. Patrick Mower. I loved him in an interview. So somebody said to him, you know, it said, "Is it Patrick Mower or Patrick Mower?" You know, the way you spell it, how do you spell it? Like, the, obviously, like the famed um, observer of the skies. Mm. Or do you spe- and he's like, like, no, 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 just the common, common old garden mower. And that was a great answer. <laughs> yes. oh, that was a great answer, yeah. Common old garden mower. So yeah. he's in it, isn't he? Jack Douglas is in it. <sighs> this um, is pure gold so far, though, isn't it? it, it, it it's... The sum of its parts is lovely. Kenneth Connor, Windsor Davis, uh, Patrick Moore, who's obviously being groomed for the new Jim Dale role. The yes. woman who acts stupid with yeah. big tits. We can't remember her name. She's obviously replacing Babs. Mm-hmm. No one replaces Babs, girl. Um, Jack John, Douglas giving it the old way. way who old. sort of carved his own niche out. Um, <laughs> and Peter Butterworth comes in right at the last knockings as the commanding officer, doesn't he? Yes. And it's essentially sort of like the film ends as it begins. Uh, sorry, the film series ends as it begins, if you forget about Emmanuel and Columbus, with uh, one set on a military base with a bunch of raw recruits who are crap and who by the end redeem themselves. Don't they shoot something down or something? Oh, something that goes up a flagpole. I need to rewatch this. It's terrible. It's not terrible. I was sitting here. I was looking through the uh, through the Blu-rays earlier because I've been mm. buying buying French cinema lately. Uh... Um, I know, I know. And I was thinking, right, I better, I better watch one of these. But in a, uh, all right, I'll watch Peppermint Lime from nineteen seventy seven. Uh, but now I'm thinking, oh, Carry On England. I think I appear to have lost Mike there. H- Hello. Hello and welcome back. So, because I'm a dickhead, I kicked the cable out the back of the computer just when Paul was delving right into a exploration of French expressionist cinema and uh, just why it doesn't stack up to a healthy dose of Carry On England. Mm. As she was saying, it is. It's like the it's the antidote, isn't it? Really, mm. the Carry On films. So the antidote to most things which you would consider to be high art. So yeah, this is the one, Peppermint Soda, which I was oh, going I... to watch. Right. So a film by Diane Curries, and it's like. 1977, made in France, um, a coming-of-age story. Oh. And, 
And I, right, and I really want to watch it. I want to watch this. You want to like it, you mean. I want to enjoy it. I want to watch yes. it. I want to feel as though oh, I've been nourished by it. But on the other hand, on the shelf up there is the full carry-on set. And... That's right. That's right. And I love what... a spot of expressionism. I do enjoy no, a spot No, you of conceptually, what you do is conceptually you think that you should like it. So you think, yes, that's me floating around the village in a dead man's shirt. I obviously, I obviously uh, should be the kind of man who enjoys uh -huh. Alan Delon, you know, oh. pulling on a gitane and shouting yeah. at some flighty young French bird. Yes, I should you be. Just, you, you've got this sort of trace memory from being a child mm. that, that your brain knows that it means you're going to see boobs and you're going to see women in, like, stockings and stuff. That's all. Yes, all right, there is that. And we've got Pornhub now. Yes, but they don't do expressionism on there. I know I've No, looked. they don't. I don't yeah. really like porn, if I'm being honest with you. Do you not? No, I don't. I don't. No. <coughs> Why no, not? I'm very... I, I don't know. I don't think that it's very good for the human brain to see so many naked people. I think that, I think that uh, you know... Oh, God, I'm going to sound like an arsehole here, but sex without romance is nothing, dear. No, absolutely. But on the other hand, you don't know what the relationship is between those two actors. Yes, they could you be do. very You don't. They could be really good mates, for example. Well, all they right. Meet... They could be yeah. really good mates. Who work together occasionally. But is it really good for our uh, soul for us to just sort of peripherally, um, you know, experience, you know, to see someone naked, uh, you know, especially someone who arouses you, is is sort of generally um, a, a privilege, isn't it? You know what I mean. You've sort of you've you've done the hard yards. You've 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 made you've conned this person into fancying you somehow. You know what I mean. Um, and and then you kind of build a relationship up, and it and it builds up to this kind of um, you know. I hesitate to use the word climax, but it builds up to this sort of very beautiful experience between two human beings who are emotionally entwined, no? And you're having a go at me for wanting to watch French Expressionism? No, no, no. I said no, conceptually... No, no, no. no, I mean, well, all right, let's 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 think about this first of all. Now, right, this is okay. a strange one, isn't it? Because we've got a reversal thing going here, really. Okay. Right, because if we think about, you know, your background as a, as a yeah. Catholic, yes. well, of course... One of the first, one of the key things that happened in the late Middle Ages is the church used to sell, sell religion via pornography. Mm, um, yeah, these right, lovely okay. sort of like pornographic images. So if you were to go into a church in the 1400s, as you're walking down the aisle, either side, you would see images, which to us we go, bloody hell, wow. a bit pornographic. Some sexualized, some S&M that sort of thing, but you would see it everywhere. Right. And that was a way of making sure that people actually went to church. Come to church and you can see the porn. That right. sort of thing. Okay. okay. So, But of course then, we we dismantle the uh, Roman Catholic Church oh, in Britain and that's all disgraceful. And we get rid of the Where's idols and so on. What's going on with this technology today? Uh, oh, now come on, this must be working. Is it working? I don't know, it just froze again. I don't know what's going on. I think it was working. Don't worry, the audio's there. The right? audio's anyway. there. But yeah. I don't know what you were saying. 
Right, so you could walk down the aisle and you'd see basically pornographic images to either side and they right. would use that as a way of ensuring that you could that you would want to go to church. Right. Then, of course, we get the dissolution of the monasteries. We, we rid ourselves of the Catholic Church, but we don't just burn all the artefacts and we don't just melt down the gold. We destroy the artwork as well. Of we, course. We literally get rid of these things. Yeah. Now then, this is a really interesting turning point. It's almost, you've got almost this sort of like proto-Brexit happened, where we take a step away from Europe. Now, at the time, Europe kept developing its attitudes towards mm. sex and all that sort of thing. And we didn't. We got a little bit stilted with it. Not as much as the Puritans who then come in and they're all, thou shalt not about absolutely everything. Which, again, you know, is just a way of controlling people. And then finally the Victorians come in with, uh, well, you can see pornography, but only if you've got a degree and a hmm. letter from your doctor saying you're not mad. Which you That's, approve of. I, I think what we've had is a series of controls on freedom expressed through sexuality in this country oh, yeah. since, the, since the time of Henry VIII. And I think that's why we maybe have this slightly uh, retarded view. Not that I'm saying yours is retarded, but I'm saying we've got a retarded view, almost a, a, an inwards-looking view, when it comes to expressions of sexuality that you don't find in Europe, which is why no, I can not. sit on a vibrating penis in a museum in Amsterdam. Well, of or course. Or go to Anne Frank's house, whichever floats your boat. Um, well, I don't think Anne Frank's house features any vibrating peni, but, um, so. but you know, you sound like an expert in that field. Well, I'll just, tell you I, what. I, no, no, I'll tell you what on. with that one. Okay. Um, no, it doesn't. Oh, he's gone again. I'm not. I'm not. I'm right here. Hello. Now, come on, dear. Come on. Here we go. Any moment, I'll be back. Am I back? I'm yes. Back hold on, moment. dear. Oh, here we go. Right. Well, we should we have an advert? What he's doing now is he's tinkering. And what's lovely is, because of course myself and Mr. Livesley are both rather tired. Um, and when he gets this tired, he starts doing this thing where he, he looks down a lot and he's like, <laughs> and he looks like an elderly pornographer, elderly ironically pornographer. enough. Looking at his lithographs. Yes, so. yes. And and I really, I don't, I, I'm, a, I'm a real prude. I'm a mm. real prude in this regard. I, I'm, I'm, uh, this is probably incongruous with every other aspect of my personality, but I, I, I don't. I, no, I don't approve of porn, Paul. That's it. Mm. I, I mean, that's... See, I found it fascinating. I think when I was... God, I must have been about 14, going back to the VHS tapes thing, Ugh. when I suddenly was made aware that there was a tape doing the rounds around oh, school yes. that you could borrow. And um, this tape had on it a copy of, I think it was called The Rocky Horror Porno Show. Well, you can imagine what that was. I can. Um, and a film from 1975 called Valerie. Um, and th they were the two first things I remember. Yes, I mean, obviously one one um, did the rounds, as you say, yeah. you know. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just I think that... Uh, I think that I think it leads to a cheapening of things, you know. Do you not and I think, think it... that? I think that a lot of young blokes, for example, um, aren't really taking, aren't participating in life correctly. Right. Now, I I agree with this idea. I think that it gives. Yeah. I think that people might view that and think, well, that's what it's meant to be like. Well, no, it's I think they'll just like pull themselves around the bedrooms rather than go and talk to girls. 
And I don't think that that's very healthy for any human to sort But there's of... always been both of those things. It's not there's like masturbation was invented with the internet. No, I know, I know, I know. But it's sort of like, it, it's a very quick fix, isn't it? It's it's mm. it's one of those things that's probably akin to taking heroin. You know, you, I'm sure that people... Get <laughs> Sorry! Infected. No, no, I don't think it's the same as taking heroin. I do. Really? Yes, think, I'm going to get the I blue think, rinse done this afternoon, Sid. I think Grange Hill would have been a lot more different if Samo Maguire was discovered to have wanked himself unconscious on the floor of a toilet, discovered by Roland. A sort of rolled up uh, cover of Razzle in the calculator that pops out when it dro- drops on the floor. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I mean, all right, maybe that parallel is not exact, but I, I think that there's a lot of young blokes who watch a lot of pornography, and mm. it's kind of like... You know, it, it's stopping them doing what they should be doing, which is going through that wonderful chase and, you know, getting, you know, plenty of refusals and the odd acceptance. But it's not, it's not replaced that, has it? I mean, it's it has not for like... some, yeah, all this bloody really? incel stuff and all that thing. Oh, well, those people, I mean, really? No, absolutely not. This is why, again, we need the war, okay? This is where, like we've discussed Strong before... war. Strong arms war. All yeah. that we need, proper war, trench war. Yeah. You lot are going to the front. What are you? Incel. Front. Okay? Yeah. Cannon fodder. Proper front. Proper front. Somme. Yes. Okay? Well, yeah. That's all that we need to do. Somme. Co- cannon fodder. They're gone. And Hot. then everything's a bit normal again. That's what happens. That's all that we need to do. So well, no, probably, no, well, yeah. Uh, involuntary celibate. It just means you're not trying. Exactly. That's my point. Right, but they're a tiny minority of people. Like, whenever you hear a couple of these people on Twitter, everyone goes, oh, Christ, they're everywhere. No, they're not. There's probably about six of them wanking in a basement somewhere all together. Have you finished yet? No, I haven't finished. All that, no. I'm not interested in those people. Round them up, round them up. Some, dead. Right, well, I'll go with that. Okay, I don't think that's extreme particularly. But we should ban pornography as well. (laughs) Just to be on the safe side. There is a war on, you know. But we've had pornography since, oh, when Samuel Pepys reading his dirty book. All right, dirty writings are all right, but not. I think pornography is an industry based on misery and human well, suffering. Of course, you'd support your lithograph collection, naturally, so you can keep those. Oh, those women are long gone, dear. So is it just digital technology? That, I mean, I'm going to go with you on this. If it turns out that what we've got is a problem because of digital technology... Right. I agree. Because, as you said, a tape was doing the rounds, and you'd yes. sort of see this bloody thing, and you're like, you can hardly make anything out on it, but I'm sure it's filthy. Absolutely. You know, I if you got through all the mist, it would probably just be crossroads or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you'd pull yourself round about that, wouldn't you, eh? I'd cope with that. I'd yeah, well, there that. you go, you see. Yeah. Well, it, it's sort of like, yeah, sometimes mainstream telly will do, yeah. Well, often, yeah. I, Including... I'm a a wonderful show I've been watching recently called Narcos, which is oh, absolutely no. filthy. Oh. Narcos, man, it's the future. Go on. It's brilliant. It's not. It is absolutely brilliant. You it's should not. watch it. You I should shouldn't watch it. Watch it. No, yes, absolutely should. Only not. three Why? seasons. At the moment, they're no, probably no, making. No, no, they'll be making seasons four, five, six, seven, and eight right now as we no, speak simultaneously on done. a lot in Burbank using a big wall so they don't have to build sets. People wandering around with. Awful Mexican accent. Oh, I'm Pablo Escobar from Mexico. I'm not interested. In Colombia? Oh, wherever. What? Why do I want to watch a criminal? This is no better than me spying on you when you were not buying beef off the men in the pub. Uh, 
I don't well, understand. It's, it's, no, it's a lot more exciting than the cherry tree in par. What's exciting about it? Give me an okay. exciting thing. An exciting thing. Well, um, there's this bit where they're flying cocaine into the US and, oh, and then there's another on. bloke on the phone and, and there's a bomb oh. or something. I can't remember now. I was caught up in oh, the it, moment. You know? Oh, is that memorable? Right, so we've basically got someone doing a bit of admin. Yeah. It's all I can hear. Now, if it was properly, you know, it was someone doing admin. It's exciting. Like you don't way. need to remember it. It's popcorn. You do need to remember it. Otherwise, it's just like, it, otherwise it becomes pornographic. It becomes instant gratification in the same way as certain things like the opening titles of Hollyoaks are instant gratification. And then you go, oh, I've forgotten what they were. It's yeah. the same thing. That's right. Where, whereas it's I can porn. remember Howard's Way. Well. I can. Would. It's that bloody boring. It's not boring at all. It's absolutely magnificent. How is way on narcos? Narcos, please. Uh, never. Absolutely not. Several yes. reasons. No, right. Howard's Way, six series. That's a decent amount. There you go. That's a lot. Not, not, How many narcos episodes per series? 13. Right. Okay. Narcos, 13. Right. Right. One of them was made at BBC Birmingham. Where was yours made? Um, looks like South America. Common. Okay, no. <laughs> Pebble you milk. don't like South America, do you? I've got issues with people like J-Lo doing that oh, thing where they... Oh, you're joking. They're, they're, they're perfect ladies. I don't want to see up her asshole. Again, I know something. Like yes, you can you... when she does that dance and she's lifting her ass cheeks and all that. I don't well, want to be... tasteful. It's not tasteful. It's practically a colonoscopy. I don't wish to be involved in this sort of thing. No, I don't no. recall that video. Oh, it's all like that. No, absolutely not. I've got no interest. So, narcos, okay? I, well, when you first said it, because I thought, oh, narcs. So I thought, police. I thought it was a police there's procedural. There's police in it. Yeah, there's police in it. The, the Do they DEA. get shot? Do they get shot? Are oh, they yes. the bad guys? I'm blown up. But no, no, actually, it, it, it's, it's actually quite balanced. It's, it's quite balanced how much you're uh, back to jail. It's, it's quite balanced um, on how each side is treated sympathetically. It's good. Vaping intensifies. It's not good. It is good. I can't see how it can be good because now what you're telling me is I've got something which basically says about Pablo Escobar. Well, wasn't black and white. Oh no, no, no! He's an arsehole, an absolute right. arsehole. But it's sort of very sympathetic to the the cops and the job they're doing. So why not make a program like the Bill? Oh, the Bill was dreadful by the end. But yeah, by the end it was. I'm talking about peak bill. they got rid of that bill. keyboard solo in the middle of the tune. And the, and the police police people's yeah. legs. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back yeah, to yeah, that yeah. period. Fat okay, cars. so I'm going to make you an offer here. Right, we can either right. bring back the bill circa 1986 nah. or, or it's Narcos. It's gone. The bill's gone. It could come back. Nah. Time not teams since, come back. Not since Reg Hollis got collared in that S&M dungeon. He does look a bit mad now. Have you seen him with the hippie haircut and all that? He wears a caftan. Oh, has he got long hair now? Yeah, and he wears a caftan and little I John Lennon glasses. That chap in work looks like Reg Hollis. He does a bit, He actually. does, doesn't he? he? Does. Yeah, That's he all does. I think every time I see him. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely Reg. Absolutely. He's definitely Reg. And, and, and around that time as well, I'll tell you what was good when it started off. London's burning. That first James 90 Hazeldean. minutes. Oh, he's yes. superb, in it? James Hazeldine died far, far too young. Mm, he did. Wonderful actor. I mean, yeah. he's um, he's in Chocky, which yeah. I think is a stunning piece of television. It's not a kid's series. Though. It's stunning drama. Oh, no. And he's the you know lead adult in that. And then you've got him and Prentice Hancock acting together. And you go, oh. Yeah, 
Prentice Hancock's great. He's uh, is he still going? Stuff. Prentice Hancock is. Yeah, he's he's very active on Facebook. Keeping oh, okay. he's, he's eighty and he lives in sheltered accommodation, but he's quite cross about things. I like that. Oh but, yes. Uh, yeah, no, Hazeldean, no longer with us. Go on. Did you see picture? the picture this week of uh, Richard O'Sullivan and Mike Yarwood at, um, what's it called? You know Denville Hall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, it was his birthday this week, O'Sullivan. Oh. Um, so there were lots of pictures doing the rounds. He's quite active on Twitter, isn't he? He's a big Sullivan friend, uh, Robin Asquith. He is, yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. It's a strange one, that, with uh, Richard O'Sullivan, because he suddenly just seemed to vanish I mean, he was in, he was in a series with Tim Brooke Taylor. Was it Me and My Girl or something? That's and right. They, yeah, yeah. And they shared the lead, and that was the last time I can remember him appearing regularly. And the next thing you know, he's just gone. And then yeah, he, he did that. Hall. And then like late about eighty nine, he did the eighteenth hole or the thirteenth hole or something with Peter Sykes, like uh, uh, Peter Sykes, Eric Peter Sykes, Peter Andre. Oh right, uh, yeah. Eric Sykes, and it's just a pilot, and that nothing ever happens with. Um, and then after that, no gone. I mean, Richard hmm. O'Sullivan. I don't know how you know him anyway. He's an ITV man. Well, he is. I mean, my education continues with ITV. As well, I the other week you were saying you didn't know Dennis Waterman, so I presumed it was... Well, I don't know Dennis thing. Waterman. Right, OK, because there have got to be limits, haven't there? Okay. Oh, OK. Right, so the limits basically are... Um, I can cope with certain regions. ATV, obviously, pinnacle. Right. OK, we can cope with ATV. Right. A lot of Thames we can cope with. Granada, I try to be affectionate Well, they're both Thames. The Sweeney and Man About the House are both Thames. Oh, no, no, no. There's, there's further caveats, yeah. Right. Oh, so I we've see. got we've got different things with the regions. Now then, so we come to Man About the House, mm. okay? Lovely sitcom. Yes. No problem at all. The Sweeney, it's not quite Thames. It's Houston Films. Well, and I know, I know it's Verity, and, and therefore I should love ah. it. <laughs> yeah. Ver- Verity. Yeah. So, right. So, I should love it, but it's made on film. Yes. So I can't. How about the inserts in Man About the House where his hair is like two inches shorter when he walks perfect. outside? Absolutely perfect. And That's a, a bit like season. when the. That's lovely. It's like once a month where they shoot one scene of Crossroads outside and, and it, everything looks different. Yeah. I, I like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. But no, it's I that glossy like that. film look I do have, I've got issues with. But then, you know, I have issues with the fact that everything went over to film or single camera because I just think that's responsible for our losing so much produce, so much drama mm. being made, which is why now someone goes, have you seen Narcos? There's three whole series and I'm meant to be interested. But it's probably taken 50 years to make the bloody thing. Whereas... No, what, how long? quick the turnaround on them. But, oh, well, I don't like that either then. It's too quick. They should right, take more time and consider I what I they're doing. I only bring it up because I know it annoys you. It does annoy me terribly. There's no art. Where's the art? Where's the rehearsal? They don't rehearse it, do they? Oh, I'm sure no. they rehearse it. No, they don't. They don't rehearse it. Tell well, me that. Pedro Pascal is the main man in it, and you you like the Mandalorian, so there you go. No, I I've coped with it because I feel I have to because my eldest loves it. So I'll watch that. Okay. Yes. But like I say, when we've talked about this with all the the Disney Plus stuff, essentially it's the same sort of storyline. It's a quest. You oh, need to I... go over there and do that. Plod, plod, plod. I've done that. Yes. Now go over there and do that. Plod, plod, plod. Um, and once you get used to the fact that that's the storyline, you're going to go, oh, I know what's going to happen. It's not much different to a Pertwee six-parter, though. Well, it There's is. Because at no plod. point. 
At no point has the Mandalorian run over a tramp on a hovercraft. I'd watch well, that. No, of course Imagine not. No, that. no, no. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. That'd be brilliant. That'd be but good. nobody could do that. I mean, seeing as we're on about the show, which must not be mentioned, mm. um, and nice things in general. Mm. Well, you keep making me spend money. I do. Don't you? I do. And this week, I saw forty three ninety nine spent. On uh, the season twenty-two, and there's there's yours on the season twenty-two box set, which has a twelve certification. It does have a twelve certification. This mm. and this reminded me. I mean, not to bang on about this too long, not to upset anyone. No. Anyway, but this reminded me of one of those moments of hatred from my youth. Right. Go on. Okay. Um, Halfway through, and there's a Jimmy Savile connection. Everyone oh, be pleased okay. to hear. Okay, so on this, you've got a little eight-minute thing called a fix with the Sontarans. Okay, right. Now then, what happened there is a young chap called Gareth Jenkins wrote into Jim will fix it and basically said, eh, can I meet Doctor Who? And they went, yes, not only can you meet him, we're going to write, we're going to have Eric Saywood write a whole eight-minute episode of Doctor Who, which you are going to be in with Colin Baker and Janet Fielding, shot on the actual TARDIS set. We're going to make a mini-episode and you're in it. Now, if I'd have written to Jim will fix it, which I admit I didn't, if I'd have written specifically saying, I want to be in Doctor Who... They'd have dismissed that. They'd have been, uh, oh, don't be ridiculous. That would have been gone. But I never thought there's a point writing in saying, can I meet Doctor Who? Because everyone would have done that. It's just it happens that Gareth Jenkins, so-called, writes in and they go, well, let's make you a whole episode. And what got on my nerves watching this when I was nine? Hmm. Several things. First of all, he doesn't act very well. He's a bit shit. Yeah. Okay. That annoys me. He looks at, he looks at camera quite a he's, lot. He's, he's looking at camera. Yeah. Well, that annoyed me. I was nine. He was eight. That annoyed me. I saw that. And I just thought, no. How did he, why did he get picked out of the presumably thousands of children who wrote in every week? I don't know. But all I can tell you, I'll tell you why, actually, because his nan had made him a costume so he could oh, dress okay. as Colin Baker. That was it. I was going to ask you about the costume because I know you're yeah. quite encyclopedic on this. See, yeah. You see, 1985 is a bit of a, a, a strange year, full hmm. stop. Um, you know, we get the new Doctor Who, the Liverpool Football cl- Club. T- he's gone again. What the hell is going on today? I'm here. I'll, uh, I'll uh, just keep filling in until he returns. I don't know if going. he can. He's I can here. hear you. He's you here. keep rattling. So if that happens, you talk. Of... I can hear you. You keep going. Yes. Well, 85 is a year of change, isn't it? And one of them mm. is Doctor Who. Um, and with this Jim will fix it thing that I don't recall watching at the time. I have to say, I don't recall watching it. Um, Janet Fielding's got sort of like a Valentine Dial hairdo, hasn't she? She's got that Black Guardian thing going on. Uh, Mm. But there's been an interesting Twitter thread this week from Nicola Bryant. Mm. uh, um, Because, you know, we're just talking about this in a kind of off-the-cuff cursory manner. Yes. But it was actually quite a a moment for her, wasn't it, really? She'd been conned into, almost conned into doing a pantomime, she said, and... And something mm. else she'd done. Well, that's it. There was um, JNT, the producer. Uh, one of the things that people have said about him so many times is he, he really loved, when it comes to producing Doctor Who, he really loved the events outside of producing Doctor Who. Mm. So he did a panto which had um, Nicola Bryant and Colin Baker and a few other, Jacqueline Pierce, people like that in. And all I can... I've not quite got to grips with what's happened here, but JNT basically said, no, you're not in the gym, we'll fix it. Mm. And 
he could, he could make some very interesting decisions. From what I can gather, he was a director who um, who could be very judgmental. And if you did anything that was a bit of a slight to him, that would be it. You blotted your copybook, mm. you know. And yeah, so he was a bit interesting in that way. Does this live between twenty two and twenty three then? The affix with Suntowns. I'm guessing it must do because it's on. No, the no, that set. went out during 22. That went out during, uh, I think, okay. during the two doctors being. But so she, she should back, have been there. She was back for 23, wasn't she, Perry? Oh, yeah, she was in 22 and 23. But if JNT got the hump with you, no. Out you go. Right. Well, she dodged Punishment. the bullet, though. It's absolutely dreadful. Gareth Jenkins' outfit that his nan made is absolutely fucking appalling. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I know that he works for UNICEF now and he's doing important things with malaria. Well, I don't care. I'm still he's, cross. He's had to uh, make amends. Mm. I think so. He's I'd running away from it. Yeah, but the I... nice things, aren't it? I mean, I've not even looked, I've not even opened this uh, yet because mm. I'm so knackered after work. I didn't look at it. I presume it's got beautiful artwork. Oh yes, always, yeah, always yeah, beautiful yeah. artwork. Yeah, yeah. So you you've conned me into buying this. I have uh, somehow. Mm. Um, I'm not overly fond of season twenty two. Mm. So go on then. Why should people enjoy it? I think you should enjoy it because. I mean, there's a no, right. The interesting thing, as always, on these sort of things is finding out what was going on behind the scenes, and yeah, this is yes. when Michael Grade cancelled the show. And I was reading something where um, people said, well, he didn't like JNT. And again, on Twitter, someone said, well, there were lots of producers he didn't like. Mm. You know, he, he didn't like Jerry Glaster, who was responsible for Secret Army and for Howard's Way and Colditz and all these things. But on the other hand, they delivered sort of prestige programs. Right. But on the other hand, you've got a TV program which is incredibly popular, especially abroad, and it generates more money than it costs to produce. Mm. That's the bit I'll never get my head around. If, it if smacks of enmity, not, that. It does, it which he denies, Greg. Well, of course he would, but I, I can't see any other reason. Um, to be honest, it's, it's a weird one, season 22. It's sort of one of those things that I can remember being very excited about, despite the twin dilemma. Being very excited about it coming on, and uh, it was sort of like, but for some reason, my interest just fizzled out. I found it a bit, you're going to be like that. Bleh. I found it as a kid watching it at the time quite unsettling. Okay. I, I actually, I actually found it sort of like, oh, I don't like this. I weren't being entertained by it. I thought that the doctor, the way that um, they'd made, they'd tried to make him unlikable as if it would be. Uh, a new direction for the show. I didn't like that. Um, and I, I I don't know, but I'm guessing Colin Baker probably would have approached it differently. Um, and I thought it was a bit like, you know, with the the planet of Necros and all this other stuff. I, it was kind of like, I didn't like it. I, I just didn't like it. Uh, I thought it was too dark, but in the wrong... Dark, but on brightly lit game show type sets. So dark mm. in the wrong way. I thought it was trying too hard to be the antithesis of what it should be. I think it was trying too hard to offer an alternative to things like the A-Team, which, of course, it was up against. Mm. So I think that's partly to do with it. I think there was a very a, a definite decision that what they had to do here was they had to go more dark and therefore more violent. But the thing mm. Because the A-Team was quite violent. But the thing with the A-Team right. is 
things explode constantly during the A-Team and the machine guns are being fired constantly in the A-Team, but hardly anybody dies. Yeah. You know, it's just, poof, everyone's okay. Poof, everyone's okay. Whereas in this, probably because Eric Saywood, who was the script editor, had, a, had an opinion, which is if you're going to show violence, you've got to really show. It's nasty, it hurts, it's unpleasant, and there are consequences. Yeah. So when there's an explosion in this, people get blown up. If yeah. someone's shot, people fall down dead. Yeah. You know, so there, there is that violent side. And I get that people thought that was a bit, unsettling but i i loved that i actually loved that to me it seems like a lot of people who don't get along are joined by this sort of bright-eyed new chap in the shape of baker then you've got grade's agenda and i think that grade was leading them all into a trap whereby he could justify cancelling it that's the way it seemed to me well, I mean, the most ridiculous thing here is listening to Grade on the interview, and they've done a very a substantial interview with him mm. on, on this, is when he's saying about how ultimately it went because he thought it was rubbish, and that was it. Mm. But and, and a public service broadcaster shouldn't be spending money on that. But if you're making something which is getting 8 million viewers, that is providing a public service. Yeah. Whether you like it or not is not the issue. Well, exactly. If other people do. And it was getting the ratings. Yeah. All the way through. Yeah. Um, they stayed the same all the way through, which is pretty impressive, really. So I think that... And Grade also tells this story on there, which is where you think, no, that's how it should be, where he talks about going for a piss. And he pops into the gents in TV centre, and he meets a producer there, and he says, oh, have you got anything on the cards at the moment? And this producer says, oh, I've been in contact with Dennis Potter. Oh, really? Is Dennis writing? And he said, well, yeah, he's writing at the moment. He's written this thing called The Singing Detective. And Grade went, okay, do it. And that was it. That was the yeah. commissioning process done whilst having a wee. That side of him, I think, is... That's his Uncle Lou, really. Mm. That's Lou Grade. Mm. And who would produce shows on a whim. Lou Grade was famous for uh, working at ATV in Birmingham. And there was a big corridor in ATV that joined Alpha Tower to the studio complex. And if you wanted to commission at ATV, you stood at the top of the corridor, waited for Lou or someone like that to start walking past you and go down the corridor. And it was quite famous for the fact that by the time you got to the bottom of the corridor, you'd have a commission. Yeah, That sort of thing I, I admire and I appreciate. But I, I think this thing, this personal agenda, I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I don't like that. I but don't you also like had Saywood and JNT falling apart, didn't you? You had a lot of things that were sort of... You know, what What do they call it? A concatenation of of circumstances, really, that are going yeah. on behind the scenes. And uh, mm. J&T's got his own, as Tom Baker repeatedly sort of emphasises on that season 18 box set, doesn't he? I didn't like his taste. I thought he had terrible taste. And, and, yes. and here, you've got the excesses that Tom Baker exhibited in season 17 being exhibited by J&T. There are no brakes on the Ferrari at this point. No, you know, there and, aren't. And he's making all these. So you've got a juxtaposition, haven't you, of Saywood's sort of gritty realism and his sort of, uh, you know, tits and teeth showbiz side of it. But they work. Right. If you watch that first story, you've got all this stuff which is shot, you know, on 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 single camera film, but it's handheld with all these gangsters. You've got Morris Coburn and Brian Glover. And like, yeah, it's like, oh, God, this is harsh. And I remember watching that. And watching those two together and being a bit scared of them. Ooh, I wouldn't Are you talking like about to meet Attack the... of the Cybermen? 
Yeah. yeah. I remember watching those two actors together in particular. They said, and they bit like the men who would have been down your pub trying to sell yeah. me beef. I was like, oh, no, don't like them. So I was a bit scared of them. <laughs> then you've yeah. got the horror of so much of it is shot in this sewer set, which is beautifully lit. It's not overlit for once. And then you've got people like Faith Brown and Sarah Green who turn up in episode two yeah. wearing Crayons. wearing sort of yeah, wearing these plastic sort of costumes. They look mental. Yeah. I think you put that together, and what you've got there is you've got the essence of what for me makes that series good because it's not trying to be one thing. You've got this mixture of styles, and that for me, that's what that attracts me. I'm like a magpie with it. Mm. Because there will be moments of horror, there will be comedy, there will be absurd characters, there'll be realism. You put all that together. And for me, that's the season where I went, oh, this is for me. This is actually properly for me now. And then right. he cancelled it because he's a prick. Okay. All right. I, I sort of viewed it very differently, I have to say. Mm. Um, you know, Colin Baker barking, ah, Totter's Yard, or whatever it is he says. I, mm -hmm. I, I didn't warm to the character, and I thought, it's kind of like, you know, with Peter Davison, he, he was sort of, I think he was better served in his first series. Yeah, um, I think it was gentler, wasn't it? Yes. I suppose. But yes. but then times do change. I think we've got to remember a bit like we were saying about pornography here. Yes. Um you've got you've got the video nasty thing that was throughout the eighties, mm. the fear of the video nasty. And I think the show is sort of playing on that sort of thing quite a lot. Yeah. Um there's a whole story in there which is basically which is superb. Right. Um, a story written by Philip Martin, who'd written Gangsters, which was this is a Varos. very... This is Varos. Now, Gangsters is a very gritty series about gangsters in Birmingham in the mid-70s. Right. And it becomes wackier as it goes on until by the end of series two, they are breaking the fourth wall constantly. It's just brecked by that point. But I, th I think that when you take someone who writes like that and you say it's set on a planet where people are watching reality television. Mm. They're watching other people being tortured, being made discomfortable. Mm. They're too hot. They have to eat and drink things. There's all... And you suddenly go, well, this is just a combination of Big Brother and I'm a Celebrity. Mm. Mm. All they've done here is 20 years early, they've said exactly what 10 million people will be watching on ITV. And I think that that, again... Genius. It's very stark, though. It's very stark, and the violence is not operatic at all. It's 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 violence. It's it's real, absolutely. You don't have the operatic violence. You you've got this thing of saying there is violence here and it hurts. Mm. I think that's a responsible thing to do with kids. I think the A team going, let's set off a massive explosion. Everybody's fine though. I, no, that's bullshit. I I think that there's that you're doing a disservice to people if you do that. I think that on the other hand, if you show that that hurts. Mm. That literally hurts. And if you get shot or stabbed, it's not instantaneous. It can take a little while. That's I think that's important. But I mean Yeah, yeah, and maybe that. maybe it's also the point that I mean, you are a couple of years older than me. Maybe you've maybe. grown eighteen months. Maybe you've grown out of it a bit. That's more what than I think. I yeah. That's that's exactly the point I was gonna make and then I trailed off about something else. That's mm. what I think. I think that the age I was, uh, probably for season 21, mm. where I was like, ooh, this is brilliant. Um, mm. Season 20 is... So five Doctors' age, mm. I would have been, if we count up the 18-month, that would be what you were the... 
Right. And and I was so into that. Like, I mean, really into it then. And um, I don't think I was into the A-team. I don't think mm. I was into the A-team. I remember people watched it, but I, I didn't really like that American sort of thing. No. Um, loved Buck Rogers, but that was a good few years earlier. Mm. Um, I liked all the lights, the twinkly lights. I thought they were nice. Um, so I've no idea. I bet there was something on opposite it that I liked. I don't think it would have been the A-team, though. I've I no know, idea. You know, it's it exactly the right time that the A team was starting. Yeah, and I remember. Yeah, uh, ITV. No, what, was would, the what were Channel 4 doing around that time? Oh, probably showing a close up of a tree whilst a hippie woman did poetry as a voiceover. Yeah, I'd have probably started getting into that then. Oh, okay. You With know the old what I mean? Red Triangle broadcast. Oh, well, yes, of course. Mm. Yeah, that was just tantalizing enough, really. So the other nice thing I bought this week is this microphone. Um, there you oh, go. Yeah. Um, do you do you detect a discernible rising quality from this five hundred pounds microphone? Well, all I can see is that so far you've not recorded half the audio, and yes. the and, and the entire Zoom's closed down twice. Yes, 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 yes. I don't, well, worry, I don't know I if have... this was a very wise move to buy this because it seems to have broken everything. Well, I have fourteen days to decide whether it's worth the money or not. Okay. Um, we'll find out. So a Neumann TLM one or two. We'll find out if it's worth the extra echoes. Um, I've not watched that yet, and I've not really tried that yet. But then pressures of work, dear. Pressures of work, uh, and we should say, of course, that that's why we've been a little, we've been a little irregular, haven't we, with nice things of late? But yes, if you could have seen us the past couple of weeks, yeah, absolutely. Oh. I've never worked so hard for someone else. Mm. In my entire life, no, I've worked that hard for me, yeah, for my own personal enterprise. But no, I've never worked like that. Never ever worked like that in my life. Um, So yeah, thank God it's done. That's all done. So we will be here every week with. We shall be here every regular dose of nice things. But of course, you can follow us on the Twitter at Nice Things Show at Nice Things Show, and do leave us a uh, review. Because someone's been on there, some churl has been on there and put a three-star review on there. Right, uh, okay, so we need you to attack them, please. Yes. So, uh, on to Apple, them. find them, destroy them. Yes. Um, Apple, and just press the little five-star thing and say, oh, this is awfully nice. There are so some lovely reviews on there that you found the other week. I, I've never been looking, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't know they were there. They weren't very nice. There are some very nice reviews, and we do appreciate yes, them. Thank we you, do, so keep them absolutely. Coming. And it's lovely yes. the things that people say, such as the lady who said, didn't she say she was harvesting her potatoes or something? And uh, Her horses. She was harvesting her horses. Harvesting sure. horses, sorry. Harvesting yes, horses. Yes, 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 and yes, yes. listening to us talking one. a load of old shit. Yeah, and really nice. enjoyed it. And, and the idea that uh, two of us sitting here, incredibly tired, mm. a very angry uh, Mr. Carmichael, you find this morning, and me, I don't even, I, I'm not even in touch with reality this morning. Um, I'm so, yeah. Um, the idea that people can be harvesting horses somewhere and mm. and enjoying listening to this is is balmy. It's great. <laughs> it it's is, absolutely it? great. But yeah, we do it's lovely. It. Yes, absolutely, we do. It makes it all worthwhile. So, is that yes. it for you on the nice things this week? Just a bit of Doctor uh, Pooh. It is actually. Well, yeah. I mean, there is another bit of Doctor Pooh, and, and normally I wouldn't have pointed out that I bought this, but um, it was new Doctor Who magazine. Uh, no, day. No, no, but look, look who it is. Look, look at the who front. it is. It's dreadful. Oh, coming back. What? Russell T. Davis. Russell T. Davis. Oh, sorry, is I couldn't see. I, I can only see Verity. 
Oh, right. No, you've got, you've got, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, oh, you've got, you've got, there you go. You've got David Tennant and Catherine Tate filming. David Tennant like looking that. like he's even thinner than he was. Will he possibly? Well, I mean, he's not looking bad for, what is he, about 54 or something? Is that what he is? No, yeah. he, he looks virtually the same. He's just a bit thinner. Yeah. Annoying, um, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, good luck to him. I mean, he's married to... A, yeah, yeah. It's all right, though. I don't yeah, mind. sound. Good for him. Yeah. Um, but he's got a farm. Um, oh, he will have. <laughs> he will have. He will have a farm and BAFTAs. He'll have farm, BAFTAs. Oh, he's going to have some American ones up there as well. Probably a Tony or something. He'll have yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not a fan of his doctor, but, you know. No. It's, well, who he, wants he, any of that, eh? Who that wants sounds the farm rubbish, and BAFTAs, that. doesn't that it? That sounds rubbish. Being married to Peter Davison's daughter, having BAFTAs, a farm, harvesting yeah. your arses. Mm. Oh, that'd be rubbish. No, oh, no, 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 no. I'm much no. happier with me magnet on the gas meter. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it doesn't help for me the sort of the new Doctor Who, to be quite honest with you, as, no, as we've discussed before. We have. But um, I also put up an interview I did many years ago, and I put it. I should put it on YouTube. I put it on Facebook for the lad, uh, who's not so well at the minute, uh, for Mr. Peter Kinley, uh, mm. the Lord of Lark Lane in Liverpool. So I put his interview up last week. It was absolutely. It was great to watch some of that we recorded after the pub three years ago, mm. and sort of my memory was just that he did Blooming Youth, which was a play for today. Um, that he did. Oh God, I, I can't even remember now. Anyway, he was in um, some. He was in a big uh, production. It wasn't Oliver, but it was around about that time. Oh, what was it? Anyway, with Ron Moody in the late sixties, who gave him a copy of Stanislavski, um, mm. and then he worked with Gielgud, um, and then he was in Scum, and he was in Coronation Street as a, a child actor, and Zed Cars, and all these other things. And then we were talking about Don Henderson's voice and how great his voice was. Um, and uh, he's like that. Yeah, well, it's all the dope he smoked. So, uh-huh. so it was a, a really interesting interview. I will chuck it on um, YouTube as well because yeah. Pete has not been so well lately. So, um, <coughs> it was a great um, bit of fortune that on an old hard drive I found this recording that was lost. After now look at this. You see, I'm, I'm as we speak. I'm yeah. looking up his IMDb. Now then, this is this is the stuff, right? So, what we've got starting in 1967, he did two episodes of Zed Cars. That's right. Play for Today, the yeah. ITV play, ITV Playhouse, Scum, yeah. Yeah. Armchair Theatre, Juliet Bravo, yeah. Bullman. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just... Well... The, where, it, where are the programmes like that now? Well, exactly, and, and where are the actors like that now? I mean, Peter, mm. if you want to see Peter right now, get down to Keith's on Lark Lane, where he will be sat at Kinley Corner in his fedora. Mm. Uh, regaling you with tales of all these uh, adventures. But he, he started off Songs of Praise, came to um, Liverpool Anglican mm. Cathedral, and he was in the choir. And the director liked the look of him and said, right, <coughs> that boy can carry the cross. And his teachers were really angry. He tells the story and the thing, because I asked him, where did you start? Um, his mum used to send him to singing lessons, you know, a bit like an Eric Markham thing, get him out of yeah. the house for, on a Sunday. Um, so he's like, that boy can carry the cross and the teachers, because he was, you know, poor, his family were poor. It was like, that. is that okay with you? The teachers obviously had the nice, uh, child like you, carrying <laughs> the cross at the front, you know, from a nice house. <laughs> and uh, the teachers were like, yes, that's fine. Mm. And because he did Songs of Praise, the guy doing Zedcast saw him on television. Oh, get that boy in. And then the next thing, it was Corrie. And, and that's how it started. No formal training. 
Um, and what he told me about Blooming Youth, which is what Les Blur, I think, mm-hmm. uh, the Play for Today thing, because um, he was saying about how it had been improvised. And I thought that was like Mike Lee did. And we talk about this in the interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was like like Mike Lee. Oh, no, no, no. On camera. No preparation. And it caused an outcry Blooming Youth because it was the first time you'd ever seen anyone make a joint on television. They had to use OXO cubes, he says. Um, but yeah, it was just improvised on camera. Wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. Oh, God. I mean, no, I can't. I don't think anyone would take that risk. I think that, no. I think, I think the last time we had anything where people were taking those sort of risks, I mean, BBC Four, when, when they started, but we're going back about 15 years ago, BBC mm. Four took some lovely risks. They, they did the Quatermass experiment live. Mm. And it underrun by 20 minutes because the actors were so hyped up with adrenaline. They, yeah. they shaved 20 minutes off the performance. And I think that you had an opportunity there to try out really interesting niche programming. But once again, whittle it away, whittle it away. Ooh, yeah, Suddenly yeah. it's an archive channel and then it's going to go. And, well, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. There's no risk being taken. No, anymore. there's not. I mean, all the risk is being taken on, uh, you know, with uh, things like narcos. On Netflix. <laughs> no, that's no risk. Again, it's just, it's all bankable. It's all bankable, you know. Well, how many committees has Narcos been through Oh, God, all of them. You know, it would, I can't imagine that someone would have met Jerry Glaster in a pub and said, what have you got, Jerry? Ooh, narcos. Ooh, we'll do that. Stop filming yes. next week. Jerry Glaster's Narcos. But that'd make a great little bit of satire, wouldn't it? it if you would. were to sort of recreate a show like that, but with Gerald Glaster writing it. With sort of doors that don't shut properly in little bars and stuff like that. Mm. And then it's sort of like, hang on, this guy who's in the background of this bar, he was in the background before in that other scene. He's just got a beret on. Absolutely. Yes. You see, that that suspension of disbelief is all part of why um, it's theatre on television. Exactly. Which yeah. is what, that's, that's, oh, that's the most beautiful thing, isn't it? When you watch these performances, these actors haven't got that thing of basically, oh, we've said the wrong thing. I'll say a swear word, we'll go again. That's one for the blooper reel. No, you no. get it right first time. Yeah. If we've got a reset and it goes past 10 o'clock, you've just cancelled the programme. I love that pressure. I love how oh. drilled they are. And, and I love how when they fuck up, you can see it on the faces of the other oh, actors. Yeah. And, and. It's it's quite imperceptible. With with someone like Christopher Neem, it comes through as anger mm. when someone else twists a line around or something like that. You see him get more and more angry on screen. Yeah. But um, yes, I miss it all too, dear. Mm. Or even Baker. There's a wonderful one with Baker T, Tom Baker, uh, where he does a scene and it's for the recording of Sharda. And he gets through this scene and he gets to the end and then you just hear from offset, you just hear uh, the floor manager saying, okay, let's go again. Why? Well, there was a noise of a door closing. Oh, fuck whoever banged the sodding door. What could be important about a sodding door in the middle of a scene? It's, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want oh, that. Oh, yeah. He was asked. He was, really <coughs> he was so asked. So asked. Yeah. yeah, lots of lines to learn. Lots mm. of drinking to do. Yes. Lots of other jobs, and yet he was off the book, you know. That's it. Uh, that reminds me of a conversation we need to have, actually, people being off the book. Uh, yes, we didn't we finish that conversation, did no, we? No, we didn't. No, we, we didn't. chat about that. Yes. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, no, you've given me a nice warm, cosy glow there, thinking about theatre on TV, as it should be. Do you know what the last one was? The last one. Because I've always had this thing about, of course, House of Elliot's where it stopped. Mm. It's not. Turns out it wasn't. Uh, The very last drama shot at TV Centre as a multi-camera drama production, 1995, Mm. and it was a production of Henry IV Part One. Uh, co-production between BBC and Masterpiece Theatre, but 1995. Right. But that is the last time that it happened. You see, you don't even get that sort of thing now, do you? No. You know, that, that lovely stuff that you used to get, those Shakespeare productions, mm. they're in that box set. Yeah. No, you <sighs> don't get that. And and I think that... I, um, I, I don't want to... It, again, it's difficult, isn't it, not to sound like an elitist in some way, but I think that people have missed out in the last 20, certainly 30 years, for that lack of culture, for the fact that the, the box in your living room is now just so you can watch the now culture secretary watching a kangaroo's arsehole. Whereas before, you could have watched Patrick McGowan doing Brand by Ibsen. Oh. And they've, and they've got to stage an avalanche in studio. They're doing it at Lime Grove. Let's do an avalanche. That's... That takes balls. Yeah, and and in your memory, when you think, when you sort of replay brand in your head now, mm. you are on that sort of vast sort of Norwegian wilderness, aren't you? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. You're not in that studio. I mean, you watch it back, and it, uh, and again, this goes back to what we were saying the other week. I prefer the actors to take me there. I think mm. one of the massive problems in this country is the barriers to entry for people from differing backgrounds to getting into acting. Because well, look at just... McGowan's background. McGowan's yeah. background is not your average sort of Benedict Cumberbatch. Nothing, nothing wrong with him. But on the other hand, would he have done so well if Wanda wasn't his mother? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas you've got Patrick, and his background was harsh, and he made his way through that sort of that that beautiful naturalism and realism mm. movement that we get in the fifties and the sixties, and suddenly he's there on TV. Acting his arse off. And it's amazing that that recording from 58 still exists. But to see him and the passion that he would give that, he would would act through the camera at you. There was nothing contained there. He's just bursting through the lens. And we don't get that now. We don't get it. No. I mean, one of the the great films that is nowhere near as great as Brand, obviously, because it doesn't have that intimacy of of that three-camera production. Mm. But he's great in Hell Drivers. If you've seen him in that, <clears throat> I mean, it's a Beautiful great film, film, isn't it? Beautiful. You know? Stan, uh, Stanley Baker. Ma- Baker. Stanley Matthews. Yeah, I know. I, it's one of them names that you forget, isn't it? Yeah. Is Stanley Matthews a footballer? He was. Yes. Oh, Played for Blackpool. Oh, I have sports knowledge. There you go, dear. He's oh. only been dead 50 years. Well, that's pretty contemporaneous for me. Oh, yes, it'll be Bert Troutman next, mate. Um. <laughs> Um, Bert Troutman, who was a prisoner of war here, who ended up being uh, keeping goal for Everton. Um, broke his I back like in that. a match and kept playing. See, I like that sort of thing. Like my dad's mate Alf, who used to kill the turkeys for us. Yes. You know, he, he was a prisoner of war in, in uh, Japan. And the stories that he had as he butchered his turkeys were just wonderful yeah. stories. And, and again, this goes back to why we need a war, really, doesn't it? We do need a war, actually, to stop those uh, young boys interfering with themselves round the clock. They, like, they'll stop playing with themselves. They'll never bang on my window. They won't bang on your window. Are you still harbouring that grudge? Yes. Oh, That's yes. only about six months ago. 
Yes, it is. And uh, I'm sure you've got a nice grudge against Mersey Rail building up, haven't you, after the past few weeks? I've got a slight issue. No. No, you no. know what? I've got to say, no, I don't on the grounds of the strike. I'm behind that. And I don't mind being mildly inconvenienced bit because the other of that. Day. I do, yeah, all right. It's a pain in the ass. But mm. the other the other way to look at it, I suppose, is we're constantly being told oh, no, people can't have a pay rise to keep in, in rate with in line with inflation. And yet we wrote off, didn't we write off eleven point four billion pounds of fraud on PPI? Not PPI, PPE. PPE, yeah. Have you seen that right. footage of the place where it's all dumped? Dumped. Waiting, and it's going to take months, possibly years, to dump it all properly. Why? Because eleven point four billion quid, uh, we, we can write that off, and yet for fourteen billion quid, every single person in the pu- in the public sector could have a nine point one percent pay rise. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know this financial system is on its last legs. That's what's mm. going on. They're printing money out of thin air and giving it to each other, mm. and using it to buy nice things. Um, like property and lakes and things like that. And the PPE thing is just one of those things. If you go and look into who actually uh, made all that money that they're writing off, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, we'll write that off. It's like because it's their mates, probably. Yes, Um, exactly. You know, but um, the trouble is nobody gives a shit anymore. The press don't do the job. And so people, if they hear about these things, they they hear a sort of, oh, yeah, life's too short, mate. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's not too short to bore me on Twitter briefly, but it's too short to do anything about. Yeah, they just don't do anything about it. And the the way things are going, you know, when they finally do say, oh, actually, the paper's fucked and we've got to have a digital currency now. Oh, and if we don't like what you're buying with it, I'm afraid we will stop you buying it. Mm. Um, You know, by the time we're in that world, it's too late. Into the digital gulag you go, mate. Don't want to, thank you. I'd like to stay in the nice prison where everything's shot on two-inch videotape. Yes, and we buy things with threepenny bits and shillings. Yes, yes, with well, money. I like money. Well, you know, if you start up your own little commune, right, which you could, there'd be nothing stopping you. So you'd start up your own little commune. Oh, no, we only use money minted before 1970 in here, you know. Yeah. So you all agree that that is currency in your world. Uh, a newspaper would be threepence. Yes. Um, uh, half a dozen eggs, uh, one and six, for example. In fact, yes. if that money started to fall apart, you could print your own with maybe strong arms, strong arms head on it. I wasn't going to say that, but it's possible. Uh, uh, so that'll be uh, that'll be four strong arms and six complaints, please, um, <laughs> for something nice. And then, yes. and that's where you could uh, have uh, the uh, broadcasting system you want. Well, the post-apocalyptic broadcasting system that shows yes. proper television. Yes. So what yes. you need to do now is to become a Tory payer so right. you can get lots of that paper money uh-huh. that they're printing out of nowhere now. You get a load of that, buy yourself the island up in Scotland, okay, mm-hmm. and then you yeah. put an advert, I don't know, where would you put it? The Tetler. Or something <laughs> inviting people to join, yes, yes, where you will be safe from the uh, apocalypse, yes, and they then sort of come up there uh, in nice yachts and things, and uh, you all live on the island. I see nothing wrong with this at all. No, 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 no. no. I've got the Howard's Way box set just there. I mean, we're sorted for some so evening entertainment. Yeah, 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 and that's more or less your sort of instruction manual. 
Yes. On how to run the place, isn't it? And what were those cages? You know, when they'd uh, when they'd hung a pirate, they'd put them in a body-shaped metal yes. cage and hang them from a tree and leave them to rot. So you want a couple of them? A couple of them, yeah, near the port. Yeah. Just for because obviously people would try and get in that you didn't want. And I think the first time you say no, and if they try again, cage. Cage. Yes. Yes, and bring the village children to laugh at them on a Wednesday afternoon when you close the shops early. Teaching them. Well, yes. I mean, we already close the shops early on a Wednesday, of course, which I still thoroughly approve of, unless yes. I need milk. No. Um, then it's hmm, interesting then. But oh, <coughs> teach. <coughs> excuse me. Teaches the children. Vape. That bloody vape. It's mad how the vape, the man vape, makes you cough more than the fags. I've found that out this last few oh, weeks. Oh, God, yeah, it really does. I mean, I think if you're going to quit... Yeah. Oh, maybe. I've got the patch on. Oh, I've got some CBD patches. Maybe I'll whack those all over my back no, and see if that just takes me away. You need, dear. Yeah. It's a real narcotic. It's a pro- I mean, to be honest with you, nicotine's the greatest drug I've ever utilised. The amount of focus and con- concentration it gives to me is just absolutely. It's just beyond belief. It's marvelous stuff. I love mm. it. Mm. However, no, it's got no. to stop. Stop being silly. No, no, Mike. No, no. no. Mm-hmm. Well, with Strong Arms Island, um, yeah. I think that rather wraps proceedings up nicely. Um, as we settle back into the 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 saddle, the nice thing saddle. Yes. Um, I should have my new guitar next week. Be happy about oh. that. Nice thing. Waiting for it. Four Very weeks nice it took to get here. German mic, German guitar. You mm. see, they did win the war, Sid. <laughs> so, we hope you all have a lovely week coming up. Mm-hmm. And we hope you had a lovely one going. We're so tired. Um, mm. And until the next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Presented by Sir Michael Livesley and Lady Paul Carmichael. The music was written by Michael Livesley and the flutes were played by Andy Frizzell and John No Jokes Please Lewis. Nice Things is a Guilty Dog production.